0: I-V-M Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Triangle Offense. I'm Monish. As always, I'm joined by Nishant. Uh, In the last two episodes, we spoke about the Western Conference in in its entirety. We spoke about the Lakers, we spoke about Clippers, we spoke about the Warriors even, and even Memphis Grizzlies. But I think we missed out on an important team who's sitting second in the table and they kind of go unnoticed all the time. The Phoenix Suns. Since Pep, they have the best record in the NBA, most wins. In the last game, they beat the Utah Jazz. Pretty exciting game, but they beat the Utah Jazz. They lost a close game to the Clippers. I know the scoreline suggests a 10-plus uh, difference, but it was a very close game until the last six minutes, and they were probably fatigued. Are we really sleeping on the Phoenix Suns? What do you think?
1: I don't. I don't think we missed out on them. I, I think we're just looking at the playing teams, and these guys, I think it's safe to say are are set for at least a top-three finish, however bad they screwed up if they do. So, mm-hmm. uh, they're a regular season. I, I think I get where the question is coming from, and I think the reason why they're not spoken in the same level of regard as, say, the Clippers or any of the other teams, who, who they're above, is because we've never seen this team in the playoffs. And yeah. uh, sports in general, but specifically US sports, which is heavy on... You know, round robin groups and then uh, the elimination playoffs. There tends to be an overwhelming bias to uh, we'll believe what we've seen and we're not going to bet too much on the absolutely unseen. So, so then in this entire Phoenix squad, as well as they're playing right now in this entire Phoenix squad, uh, spare Chris Paul, who have we seen really in the playoffs? Maybe Jay Crowder, I guess. Uh, that's that's about it. Everyone else would be a first timer. In the playoffs. Yep. And the playoffs are tough because everything changes. Defenses get tighter. Uh, you're, it's now, now the regular season is about improving yourself, game after game, building, building on that. But playoffs assumes that you're done doing that. You come mm-hmm. as a finished product. And then you're building against your matchup. And you're making adjustments against a specific matchup again and again and again until you get four Ws. Mm-hmm. And this matchup of yours, if they're any good, are making adjustments to your adjustments. It's a whole different ball game when uh, when you get to the playoffs, and experience counts tremendously. We've seen it too many times now for it not mm-hmm. to be true. There's in fact incredibly underwhelming evidence of first timers just coming and killing it in the playoffs versus the number of teams that fall flat, just out of sheer inexperience. I think that's what's holding people back from going all-in on the Phoenix Suns, because otherwise, they really are that damn good. Yep. But when you think about it, are they better than the Jazz this season? I don't think so. I think the Jazz are a better prepared Mm -hmm. team. They're more well-rounded. They Mm -hmm. can defend better, certainly, than the Suns can. Mm -hmm. And they've got a scintillating attack. I I have my qualms with the Jazz too, but uh, it's safe to say they're better. But then, nobody's taking them that seriously either. And they've been to the playoffs. They gave us a 7-series thriller. But It's the same thing. Uh, They they don't have big-name superstars. We've not. When was the last time the Jazz really definitively won a good playoff series? You'd have to think for a second. Maybe it's not that long back, but they're not really... Like, playoff wins isn't the first thing that comes to mind when you talk Mm -hmm. about the Utah Jazz. So, it's the same Mm -hmm. problem, really, that both of these teams are facing. And it's ironic because they're leading the conference. So, yep, absolutely. <laughs> so I think that's what's going So I don't think we're sleeping necessarily on, on the Phoenix Suns. I don't think anyone is. Uh, I think people recognize them as a credible threat and, and as mm-hmm. a solid team. I, we can discuss how it can fail if it fails and, and all of those things. But I think largely it's because it's an unknown entity. We don't know what to expect uh, in the yep. playoffs from this team. Yeah, you're
0: right when you say it's an unknown entity. It's the first time since 2013 they're having a above right. 500 season, the first time since 2009 that they'll be making the yep. playoffs. Uh, long since the days of Steve Nash, they've not made the playoffs. But this year, uh, you say that they've not faced the playoffs and they've not been in the playoffs, so it's an entirely different experience. But they're big games, right? The teams with over 500, for example, they're 18 and six with against teams that are over 500, and that is an incredible record. When you say 18 yep. and six. And this is a run that they've carried on from the bubble itself. If you remember, they went 8-0 and in the bubble. They added Chris Paul to that squad. And they've been doing amazing since the, since the start of the season. They got off to a quick start and they've stayed in, they've stayed in third, fourth, and they leapfrogged the Lakers and they've stayed in second. They've been consistent. So they've not really had a bad run of games as such. And that, I think, goes down to show the quality of the team. Chris Paul, of course, is one of the best point guards of all time. Hmm. Devin Booker, one of the best shooters in the league as of today. The side pieces around them are beautiful to watch. Ayton, a top draft pick a few years ago. Jay Crowder with the experience, he had an, he went to the NBA finals last year and he starts on this team. Yeah. And then the bench, right? Dario Saric, Cameron Payne, Cam Johnson, all of these guys. And Mikael Bridges as I well. Like Michael starting.
1: Bridges, yeah. So I was gonna it's say
0: a pretty good lineup. That's a solid lineup yeah. with two big stars leading them. So, and they've had they've been beating. Top teams as well. I know that they lost to the Clippers recently, but they've been beating all the top teams that they've played. 18-6. and six. It's not a record that you want to keep silent about.
1: Um, no, for sure. Uh, it, it's the, uh, again, it's this growing trend in the West of fluid offenses. Teams that mm-hmm. can hurt you multiple ways. It's true for the Phoenix Suns too, just as it is for the Jazz which has its incredible depth, that's their biggest strength, on top of, you know, some like Donovan Mitchell's a superstar and Gobert's a beast in the paint uh, defensively and stuff like that. But with Phoenix Suns, uh, I like how diverse their offense is. Because if you're defending the Phoenix Suns, you've got to keep in mind Chris Paul's going to have the ball a lot. He's an elite passer, great playmaker, high basketball IQ. He can pick your schemes apart or I can read them quick enough to make uh, informed decisions and, and find workarounds to whatever it is that you put up as a defense. That's one, number one. Two, what do you do when when you play against a floor general like this? You get you get the ball out of his hands. Most coaches will say, get the ball out of that guy's hands. If, if Mikhail Bridges shoots a three, we'll, that's fine, we'll live with it. We'll try and defend it if he makes it fine, we'll live with it. But get the ball out of Chris Paul's hands. But the thing is, it, it then goes to Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. and you've got to double-team Devin Booker. You, there's really no, no no other way. He's like a young James Harden. You've got to double-team him. There's no other option. Most teams will have to do that. Um, like, the way Damon Lillard is, he, Booker should get a similar level of respect, even if slightly less than Damon Lillard. Now, so then you've got two problems already that you're dealing with on defense. Problem is, both of these guys can put the ball on the floor and do it at an elite level. Both of these guys can create their own shot. So they need defensive attention now is where it gets interesting because then there's DeAndre Ayton. So when you bring him into the pick, they, they don't quite play the triangle, but when you bring him into the pick and roll, the permutations with Chris Paul, Devin Booker and Ayton being the pivot in a pick and roll are so multivariate that it makes them impossible to defend. You've seen examples of Chris Paul drawing defenders, kicking it out to Jake Crowder for an easy three, giving, yeah. giving it off to Devin Booker. And Devin Booker will take on whoever. He'll shoot over your best defender. So... So they've got that going. Then there's Aiton, who pops up, either for a pick-and-roll screen, creating an easy shot, or he fades to the rim, cuts to the rim. And what happens several times, like we saw this in the Utah game also, a lot of teams that depend on rim protection against guards, Devin Booker and Chris Paul are both smart enough to draw away the rim protection. Mm-hmm. And even the slightest separation means Aiton's now free in the, in the paint. Uh, And they create all of these nightmare scenarios. And then you've got Saric and then you've got Crowder and all these guys that you can kick it out to, you can lob it to Bridges. And it's so dynamic, this offense. Um, That's that's really what makes them, um, them amazing.
0: Now, when you look at the other teams in the Western Conference, right, each one of them, except the Utah Jazz, has a weakness. For example, when you talk about the Clippers, they don't know the starting lineup. You talk about the Lakers. Their stars are missing for a long, have, long time.
1: Yeah. We don't have about <laughs> it.
0: Okay, let's ignore, <laughs> them. let's ignore the Lakers. The Denver Nuggets were terrible on defense. They've yeah. kind of fixed it now with Aaron Gordon. Hmm. The Trailblazers are the worst in defense. They are the 29th best defensive rating yeah. Yeah. in the league. So, they're all offense and no defense. So, all of these teams, if you notice, they have a weakness. I can't really find a weakness, like you said, for the Jazz and yeah. for the Suns because they have depth, they have three-point shooting, they have the big men, they have Rudy Gobert and Michael Bridges or and Ayton as well. So they have they're well uh, they have a player for every position, if I can put it that way, and a good player for every position. It's not like someone needs to be hidden from the ball or someone doesn't get a lot of the ball. Anyone, any of these players can score a 20-point on their day. Uh, so, how do you beat these teams, the Jazz and the Suns? It's, is it just the inexperience that they lack? Is it Sorry, is it just the experience that they lack? Uh,
1: no. So, I, I think let's touch upon that Jazz point because when we, very briefly, and then we'll talk about the Suns, uh, remember when we spoke about the Jazz not too long ago, I said uh-huh. one way this can come undone because otherwise you can't really pick. A, they're great in defense. They're outstandingly fluid in offense. They play a proper team ball. And they can do the ISO thing if they need to. Which yes. sometimes you do in the playoffs. Sometimes it's uh, the best defender versus the best off-ender, offensive player. And that's how it goes, offender. Uh, you can you can trust Donovan Mitchell to come good in those scenarios. So, uh, and I said, my biggest concern, and it's not that big a concern, but of the ones there are, the one that stands out is Utah Jazz right now are shooting unconscious from three. Yep. That can come undone. Mm-hmm. even in the regular season, it can be a hot streak that ends. And in the playoffs against much tighter defenses, that can come undone. And teams are going to say, okay, we're not going to give you uh, easy threes. Be- beat us another way. Go to-, go to the pin. Drive in. Go ahead. Um, it can come undone. And I think we saw a bit of that. So in the two games that the Jazz lost, I think they shot mm-hmm. like an abysmal 23 or 26 yep. percent from three. Yep. So the- it can happen and all it takes is two key games when that happens in the playoffs and suddenly you're up, you're down by two and you're fighting to stay in the series, stuff like that. So that's the only weakness for the Jazz, at least right now. Uh, With the Suns, it's it's pretty incredible because uh, what's surprising is in this, and this is another example of what we were talking about yesterday, of even in this era, it's possible to not be an outstanding three-shooting team and still be a very strong team in the league. Lakers proved it, a bunch of teams proved it and that's what we, I think this came up in the Golden Golden State Warriors context, but with the Phoenix Suns, they are below average in three-point shooting ratio. Yep. Three-point shots out of total shots. They're like 16th in the league or 17th. They're, they're below average. And yet, they're fifth in offensive rating. Yep. They're seventh or sixth or something like that in Seven. defensive rating. This is an all-around team. And, and they don't rely too much on, on three-shooting. Mm -hmm. And which is why we we say they can hurt you in 10 different ways. They don't have to uh, only bomb from outside. Weakness, the only thing I would call out, and this is perhaps similar to the Denver Nuggets, is depth. Mm -hmm. They have a great starting five, Phoenix. But, for example, Aiton. Aiton is so crucial to their lineup. Even without Aiton, they have two elite guards, so there's a lot of damage they can do. But, Without Aiton, they lose that pick-and-roll edge and they lose the mm-hmm. scoring threat, the rim protection, rebounding, a bunch of stuff. They have no backup for Aiton.
0: Yeah.
1: Forget when he gets injured. Even when he's off the court,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who, who's their... Kaminsky, I think, is their next Kaminsky. best option. Like, what? Who is this guy? I have, <laughs> like some, I discovered very recently that he's in the NBA. He's, he's that level of a player <laughs> right now. I don't think he's good enough at all. And this is where I disagreed with Phoenix Suns' stands, that they didn't need to make any moves in the trade window. They should have gone for a big man. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really the only weakness that I can think of. Because in the West especially, they've got towers all over the conference. You run into Gobert, you run into Jokic, you run into Anthony Davis, or, or even if he's uh, not around Drummond, somebody, you've got to play. So then you're looking at major minutes for Aiton. Right. Uh, that's a burnout risk, injury risk, all, all sorts of things. Uh, oh, you're looking at the backup just not being good enough. Like, Can you imagine yes. Kaminsky against any of the, the Tars in the West? He's going to get butchered by by Gobe, by Jokic. Sure. I don't even want to think what Anthony Davis will do to Kaminsky. So, that's that, if I had to nitpick, that's mm-hmm. their weakness game-wise, squad-wise. But otherwise, it is the inexperience.
0: I think more than the injuries to Aiton or Aiton not being available on the court, I think the worst-case scenario for Phoenix Suns is... If the Lakers do even more badly and slip to seventh, and then they have to face the Lakers in the first round. I think that's the worst worst. case scenario.
1: Yeah, what a nightmare matchup. You bust your ass, finishing second, and you get the (laughs) defending jumps in the first round.
0: Well, I don't see that happening. I think uh, LeBron just indicated today on Instagram that he's the the weatherman predicts that a storm is incoming and Mm you put a picture of him and AD. I think they're going to be back soon.
1: I think the Lakers
0: are going to just pledge back on... 4th or 5th in the standing you know, than M.
1: Chattel. You know what should happen? Mm-hmm. If the Lakers don't do that, if there's any credible threat that uh, the Lakers will finish 7th, I think Phoenix should do one of those rare things of a top-of-the-table team tanking somewhere towards the end of the season. <laughs> just, just slip to just slip to 3rd. Just move down. Just go to the Let Clippers, get a couple of wins. Just, just slipped to that. It's if fine. you were
0: the Clippers, if you were the Clippers, would you prefer facing Lakers in the first round or in the finals or in the conference finals?
1: If I were the Clippers, my mindset is I don't care who I face, I'm going to the finals. This is this is all or nothing for the Clippers. It's gonna get so loud. The I one of two things is gonna happen. Either they crash and burn, and the trolls mm-hmm. are gonna have a field day. They're already waiting with pandemic P hashtags. Mm-hmm. Or they, they play whatever and it's, uh, they play well, a uh, good neatly contested series and then they go out for no fault of theirs, better team won, yada yada. That's even worse. Then they become irrelevant. <laughs> At least when people are talking smack about you, they're talking about you. They have a risk of just going into oblivion where they're like, yeah, one of those teams, they'll come and they'll ball <laughs> out, they'll fuck off in the postseason. So... If I'm the Clippers right now, I don't care who I'm facing. If, if they're not planning to bulldoze everyone, they're not doing it right. Because they can. Mm-hmm. It's really one they of can. those teams. They can. Um, and they should be looking at that. So, I, I don't think the Clippers should care. They've got vets all around. They've got champs uh, on their squad. They, they have people that know how it's done. Paul George yeah. is the only guy that doesn't know how to uh, you know, <laughs> Get done in the playoffs. So, yet, uh,
0: yet. there's a stat I read: Clippers have the
1: highest playoff experience of all the
0: teams yeah. in the NBA right now. True. Even more than LeBron James and Lakers.
1: Yeah. So, so in general, it's an older squad. Also, they're, they're skewed yep. towards. Uh, yeah. So so that's not Hawaii surprising at all. all yeah. That, yeah. 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 So it's not surprising at all. So, um, I I wouldn't be as Clippers. I don't think they should be looking at who their opponents are. I think they should be looking at how well they're set up. In, in the playoffs to take on just about anyone they face
0: alright I think we are diverging on to yeah. Clippers and very soon we will be talking about the Nuggets and very soon we will be talking about the Lakers again no, we're not going so to before we Lakers. before we deal Chris Paul or before we trade Chris Paul to the Lakers I think we should put an end to today's episode
1: and that's Lovely all I have moving.
0: for you this week I will catch you next week and that hopefully we will have some good. fun games over the weekend
1: yeah let's hope Just alright bye